Good morning, everybody. I'm really excited to be here today. I thought I would be super nervous, but I'm actually really excited because it feels like the Lord has already prepared the way, as he does, um, with the testimonies we've heard this morning. So I'm really excited. Um, I think most of you know me, but I just want to do a brief intro in case you don't. Um, I'm Caitlin Aston. I'm from the USA, obviously, not from around here, um, from Indiana. And I came here 10 years ago, actually, um, when I was 20 years old. And, um, and I didn't live here. I haven't lived here those whole 10 years. So about um, four years ago, well, six years ago, I went and I lived um, here at this place here in Venezuela. Um, this is about two years ago. We were living in a village in Venezuela in the jungle. Um, it was about a six to eight hour boat ride from any kind of civilization. Just no roads, just river and forest. And um, we worked with a people group called the Warao. Um, and we were living and working there with um, my husband, Joel, my son, Levi, and we had a teammate named Fernand who was from Venezuela living and working with us. You do the next slide. Um, we worked with the people. We were learning language. And um, you do the next slide. This was our house. This is where we lived. Joel built this house for me. You know, Riverside real estate there. <laughs> My dream house. Yeah. Yeah, beautiful views. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And next slide. Uh, Oh, that's okay. This is this was my kitchen, as you can see. Joel also built this beautiful kitchen, my dream kitchen for me. Also had riverside views. <laughs> and the next one. And this was Levi, who looks a lot like my daughter Esme now, um, uh, playing with a little baby piranha that we had caught off the side of our house. <laughs> okay, so normally people's reaction when they hear this part of my story is, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> I could never do that. And um, I wanted to say that I think people picture a different kind of person than I am when they hear or see pictures like this of my life. They might think, oh, wow, she's just like this super adventurous, like super chill, like, yeah, I'm going to go to the jungle. I'm going to take my baby. I'm going to chop firewood. I'm going to kill tarantulas. I'll be great. You know, I'll be fine. But I am not that person. So when people say to me, I could never do that, I think, oh man, I could never do that. <laughs> I'm not that woman. <laughs> I'm not that woman. And so we serve a pretty incredible God, don't we? We serve an amazing God. And he can do amazing things through us when we are weak. Praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm so thankful for that. And you know, I've been wrestling for months about this testimony, I felt like the Lord has wanted me to share my testimony with you guys for months. And I've been wrestling because I'm like, oh, Lord, I don't know. I don't want it to be about me. You know, I, I, I don't want to be up here and be like, look, I went to the jungle, guys. I'm so cool, you know. But you know what? I felt like the Lord say, I felt like it's just like bubbling inside of me. Like, I need to give glory to the Lord for what he's done in my life. And I need to share with you what he's done in me and what he's doing in me currently. So that's what I want to do today. Um, but first, I'd like to read some scripture. So we're going to go to Matthew 5, 14 through 16. It's a very famous passage. I've really been enjoying the sermons that we've been having from Bill and Martin 
um, on the Sermon on the Mount. It is an amazing three chapters of the Bible. Um, I don't know if you've ever just sat down and really read those three chapters together and really studied them. I dare you to do it and not feel really challenged. I felt very challenged. But these verses really stuck out to me because they really went along with um, what I felt like the Lord was telling me to share today. So that's Matthew 5, 14 through 16. says, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Now, this is probably a verse that you've heard before, a couple of verses you've heard before. And, um, you know, people talk about these verses a lot. They talk about the need to, that we need to share our faith. We need to be that light. Um, in the darkness. They talk about our lifestyle, how we need to live holy lives. And to, that's all true and good and right, and that's, that is true. But today I want to focus on a kind of a slightly different part of the passage. And I want to focus on the bowl or the pot today. I want to focus on the bowl, okay? Now this bowl can represent a whole lot of things in different people's lives, right? But for me, this bowl for me represents a boundary, Okay, it represents a boundary that I often put on myself uh, and I limit how much I let God's glory shine through me. Okay, and that boundary is normally fear, can be other things as well, but for me, that's what it is. And I am really good, really, really good at putting this bowl right over my head. Okay, can you still hear me in here? Okay. I'm really good at being like, oh, Lord, I love you. Let your light shine through me. And here I am with this bull over my head, and he's still shining, right? He's still the light of the world. is still there in me shining, but in a very small radius because I'm not letting him, am I? He gives us that free will. He's an amazing God. He doesn't need us. He doesn't need us to shine his light. He doesn't need us because he's the amazing, all-powerful, almighty God, but he loves us so much he wants us to be part of that journey. So he wants us to shine through. It says, you are the light of the world, a city on a hill. That is a bold light. That's a powerful light. That's not just your little lamp, is it? So I'd like to share with you today how the Lord in his great mercy is continually teaching me how to take this bull off of my head (laughs) and not put boundaries on what he can do with me. Because, you know, we often put boundaries on ourselves and we say, oh, I I can't do that, or that's not really my personality, or that's not my gifting, or, oh, out there feels a little uncomfortable and a little scary, and I'm not sure, Lord. And you know what? We've got the almighty God living inside of us. When we put limits on ourselves, we're actually saying, God, I don't think you could do that in me. And he can. He can. So i just like to share kind of my story. Um, I grew up in small town, Indiana. Um, It's just a farm, farming community, small towns. I grew up in a Baptist church. Everything was very quiet. Um, And I remember thinking to myself when I was little, I don't think I'll stay here forever. It's kind of boring. Um, 
And I don't know, some of you might remember the Henson family. They came here a while ago. And they were um, like my mom and dad's best friends. They were like my second parents. And um, they decided to go into missions. But before they went overseas, they decided to do some hurricane relief work in um, New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina. And they asked me if I wanted to join them. I was a teenager at that time. I was 16. And I thought, oh, that'll be a little adventure over the summer. So I went. And during that time, I felt like the Lord say to me, Caitlin, I want you to do this full time. I want you to do ministry full time. And at that point, I didn't know what it was. I, so I started going to uni, um, working. And I remember praying and saying, okay, Lord, what do you want me to do? I know it needs to be ministry. And I remember thinking, okay, Lord, um, I'll do ministry in the U.S., full-time ministry. I'll serve you here. Um, I'll go to the U.K. They speak English there. That's okay. Yeah. I'll go to the U.K. That's not too, that's a little uncomfortable, but I'm okay with that. And I might spend a few months in South America because, you know, I'd like to learn Spanish, but like a few months, right? That's, that's what I'll do. Okay. So I started praying and nothing was happening. I was like, I couldn't find anything that worked. It just wasn't happening, and I was so bored. Oh, I was so bored, but and I knew that God had a calling on my life, but nothing was happening, and I remember I was at um, a friend's birthday party, and I was about 19 at the time, and I was finishing my last year of uni, and we were playing hide-and-seek, actually. I was hid in a bush. I was sat in a bush, and I said to the Lord, Lord, I'm so bored. Take me on an adventure. Yeah. Yeah. The Lord was like, yes. And uh, I had no idea. I had no idea. A few days later, Debbie Henson calls me and she said, we're in Wales. Can you come and visit us? And I thought, oh, that's kind of the answer to my prayer. And there's a whole story about how I got here, the the faithfulness of the Lord. If you ever want to hear it, you can ask me. But um, I came here. So I came here. I wasn't really interested in missions, guys, okay? Missionaries are a little weird, okay? They're weird. It felt lonely, scary. I don't know. I just wasn't into it, okay? But I knew I wanted to serve the Lord full-time, and I knew they had, like, a ministry in Venezuela, so I thought, oh, I could do my few months in South America that I promised the Lord, you know? Um, So Debbie said, come, stay with us. You can kind of just check out missions, because I know you're called into full-time ministry, and they were convinced I was called to missions, because they're missionaries, and every missionary believes everyone's called into missions. So I came, um, (laughs) I came, and I was introduced to World Horizons, which is here in Clinethley, and I just fell in love with the people there. They were weird, but man, they were my kind of weird. I love them. They're great. And, um, my eyes were open to the rest of the world and the need in the rest of the world. And I still hadn't received like a missionary calling, but my eyes were opened. And um, then my eyes were opened even more because I came to this church and I met Joel in this church right over there. Yeah. Then my eyes were really opened. And uh, (laughs) the Lord um, knew that because I'm so good at, you know, being in my comfort zone, (laughs) He was like, you know what, I'm going to put someone in your life that's with you every day that pushes you outside of your comfort zone. So Joel is my adventure buddy. (laughs) He pushes me, which is great. And uh, when I met Joel, I kind of fell head over heels for him, and I wasn't sure he was feeling the same way. Anyway, another story. And uh, we were canoeing one time, which I didn't know would be very prophetic, 
um, living in the jungle later and canoeing. Um, we were canoeing one time, and we're talking about what do we want to do with our life? What are our plans and our hopes and our dreams, you know? And he said, oh, yeah, I'd really love to have, like, a business and use it as a platform for evangelism um, somewhere overseas. And I thought, oh, I studied business in uni. I've always wanted to have my own business. This is great. So I thought, okay, this is great. And he said, yeah, um, I would love for it to be um, in Morocco. And I thought, oh, no, because before I left for Wales, my mom had said to me, Caitlin, okay, I know you're going to the U.K., please don't go to Morocco, please don't go to the Middle East, because there is such a fear of working with Muslims. And it's partly just from being in my culture, um, and it was partly because of some bad experience friends have had working in um, Muslim culture. But my mom was terrified of me going there as a young girl. And I said to my mom, I remember saying, oh, mom, I can promise you this. I am never going to Morocco. I'm never going. I was like, I'm never going to Morocco. It's scary there. And uh, then Joel says to me, yeah, I'd love to open up a business in Morocco. And I was like, oh, yeah, that'd be so cool. (laughs) And at that point, I realized, oh, I can't follow this guy just for the sake of following him. I need to make sure I'm going in the right direction with the Lord. Um, So we started dating, and I went back to the States to finish my degree. So we had about a year apart long distance. And during that time, I had to come to a place with the Lord. I had to say, Lord, do you want me to do missions? And you know what the Lord said? He didn't say, yeah, you have to do missions. He said, I want you to be able to do whatever I ask you to do. I want you to say, you know what? Lord, my life is yours. I'll go wherever you want me to go. Even if that's Morocco, I'll go to Morocco. Or (laughs) I'll do whatever you want me to do. That's what he wanted from me. And so I I came to that place. I'm still coming to that place (laughs) um, daily. (laughs) Um, so Joel and I got married. Um, we knew we needed training before we went overseas. And because my adventure buddy didn't want to do some boring old training in Wales, we ended up going to Venezuela to get trained because we're crazy. <laughs> and uh, we went, um, we, lived, <laughs> we lived in a base in a big house in the middle of Caracas, which is one of the most dangerous cities in the world. Um, and we trained for missions, cross-cultural missions. We lived with about 20 Venezuelans, and we learned Spanish, and we learned about missions, and it was really tough, but it was just a good training program. And um, (laughs) during that time, they took us for an experience, a cross-cultural experience, which if you were in Wales, your cross-cultural experience might be going to Turkey or something like that. But in Venezuela, it's going to the jungle and living there for six weeks. So this is we went to this tribe in the jungle. And I remember Joel and I got there, and it was not fun. It was not fun. It was a hard time. And I remember Joel and I looking at each other and saying, man, someone's got to come live here. These people really need to hear the gospel and be discipled. So glad it's not us. (laughs) And the Lord was like, yeah. So we went back to our training, we're training, we're getting ready to decide what we're going to do. We had had an offer from a couple who lived in Morocco and owned a sailing business to come and join them, go sailing, live on the beach, you know, we're like, yeah, this is perfect. But we could not get these people out of our minds and our hearts. And we just could not, we could not. And eventually, I think we just said to each other, 
this is crazy. Why, why do we want to go to the Warao? But we just knew we had to. So we started praying. And at that point, I was pregnant with Levi. And I remember people would come up to me when I told them we were going to the jungle, and they would say, are you crazy? Yeah. <laughs> are you crazy? You're pregnant. You're going to take your baby, your young baby, to the jungle. Where there's not proper medical care. There's all these dangers. And I was like, at that point, pregnant, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a little nervous. but I'm sh- I, Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. And then I had the baby. And then everything changed. <laughs> because when you have a baby, all of those beautiful God-given maternal instincts kick in. (laughs) You know, like the mama bear, like, I will protect this child no matter what. And I all of a sudden was like, Lord, Lord, do you really want me to go to the jungle? Am I crazy? I'm taking this baby to the jungle? No, Lord, like, are you sure? Are you sure, Lord? Are you really sure? And I remember having to go all the way back. And I remember Joel had gone on an exploratory trip to kind of go find us a house in the city to base ourselves in. And I remember praying, Lord, I don't know if I'm really called. Um, please, I know Joel's really gung-ho. Just please give me a calling. And the Lord said to me, you need to go. You need to go. So I went. I went. And uh, I don't want to paint the wrong picture of some super woman, you know, with super faith, who's like, yes, I went and I trusted the Lord and I had such great faith and I saw miracles. And no, no, I pretty much had a bad attitude the entire two years we were there. I did. It was hard. I was lonely. I was depressed. I was terrified constantly of what might happen to my son. But do you know what else I was? I was out of control. I couldn't even grab onto the thing if I wanted to because I was completely out of control. Have any of you ever experienced a situation where you feel like everything's out of my control? Raise your hand. Anyone experienced that where you're like, everything everything feels like it's out of my control? Are any of you, this is personal now, are any of you feeling like you're in that situation right now where things feel a little out of control? Can you be vulnerable? Yeah. 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 Well... That's a hard place to be in, but it's a place where the Lord does some amazing stuff. He does some amazing stuff in that place. And while I was there feeling lonely and depressed and scared, the Lord met me there. And uh, he showed up in a huge way. He showed his faithfulness to me on a daily basis. He did miracles for us of provision protection. I have story after story, and so does Joel, of just his great and amazing faithfulness to us. He was so faithful. He was so good. He protected us. He provided for us. And I would not have experienced that depth of intimacy with him if I had not been in a place where I was completely out of control, where I couldn't do anything, where I was, you know, just out of control. And um, I know something now, looking back at that time, that in my 30 years of loving the Lord, I've always loved the Lord, that I never actually knew here. I knew it here, but I didn't know it here. And that is that he loves me. He loves me. I'm so loved. I'm beloved. And so are you, each one of you. 
And I know that here now because he's shown me his faithfulness over and over and over again. And I was reading recently in Hosea 2, Hosea chapter 2, um, this passage, and I thought, this is it. This is exactly how I feel. Hosea chapter 2, verse 19. Um, Hosea is, is, is a pro- was a prophet. Um, he was asked to marry a prostitute to show, to be an illustration. His whole life was an illustration of um, how the Lord loves us even when we're unfaithful and how he always welcomes us back. And, uh, and, and Hosea 2, um, 19 through 20, it's talking about after um, his wife commits adultery and leaves him and then comes back again, um, it's talking about how the Lord is like that with the nation of Israel or with us. Um, even when we leave him, he comes back to us and he comes to us and he says, in verse 19, I will betroth you to me forever. Yes, I will betroth you to me in righteousness and in justice and loving kindness and in compassion. And I will betroth you to me in faithfulness. Then you will know the Lord. And I feel like through that time of him showing him, himself to me and his faithfulness, I truly know the Lord and I feel betrothed bound to him in a way that I never was. And knowing his love makes me want to shine boldly. It's the desire in me to shine more boldly is greater than the fear. But it's not like, oh, guys, I've arrived. I never feel fear anymore, you know. It's not like that. I, you know, for me, that journey that I've explained is more of a geographical journey, but it doesn't have to be a geographical journey. It normally isn't for me. Right now, it's not a geographical journey. Right now, for me, it's like, hey, you need to be a little more friendly with people you don't know, Caitlin, even though you're an introvert, because you need to share my gospel more. And for me, I'm like, oh, that's so scary. I really don't want to talk to strangers, Lord. And um, But I need to. I need to. And, um, and so it, it might be a different thing for everyone here, you know. But I think it's really easy to pick up that bowl. But he's, he's not that small light inside of us, is he? He's the light inside of us, right? Christ is the light inside of us. The Holy Spirit is the light inside of us. He's not like, oh, yeah, I'll just shine here real quietly. No, he wants to shine. He's like, let me shine. Let me shine through you. Let me move, you know? And I, I had this, you know, picture. I was talking to my friend about this. And she said, the Lord, this, the devil, this is where he wants us to be, okay? He wants us to be here against the corner. He wants us to be here. You know, we still love the Lord. Oh, you're a good, good father, Lord. You're so good. Yeah. Um, but we're not really able to do a whole lot. We're not able to shine a whole lot. That's not where the Lord wants us to be. The Lord wants us to have wide, open, free spaces, right? He wants us to be just full of him and able to shine. And that is what I'm praying for happens for each one of us, myself included. It's a daily struggle. Um, And so I want to be that light. I want to be that light. And it says, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father who's in heaven. So my question is, are we allowing ourselves to glorify him unconditionally? Are we grabbing bulls and putting them over how much? We're putting boundaries about around how much he's allowed to be glorified in our lives. Um, you know, it could, just, it could be anything. And he doesn't need us. 
He doesn't need us to do this. He can shine however he wants, but he wants to because he loves being in that journey with us. He loves us. He loves doing it with us. So let's not miss out. Let's not miss out. And that's pretty much what I wanted to share this morning. Um, but I thought it might be good um, if, Martin, would you mind just playing a little music but without singing? Thank you so much. I thought it might be good to just take some time to just listen to the Lord together. So um, while Martin's playing, um, maybe we could just have some time to just ask the Lord a few questions because I think it's important to ask him. It's important to ask him. So let's just pray. Just quiet our minds. Just quiet our minds. Um, For some of us, we might be putting bowls over our heads. Some of us might not know this all-powerful, almighty God, right? And uh, that freedom that he wants you to live in, maybe you've never even experienced a sliver of that. Um, And I want you to know that he came, he sent his only son to come and die on the cross to give you great freedom, to forgive your sins and to give you the greatest freedom to live your life and to be the fullest version of yourself that he's created you to be. Um, and maybe maybe right now is to surrender to him. Maybe right now is to say, Lord, I recognize that you're the Lord of my life. I recognize that my heart is just full of some awful stuff, and I've done bad things, and I've thought bad things but forgive me and I accept that you can forgive me and that you will forgive me. I want you to be Lord of my life. Maybe you need to pray that. And then for others of us, maybe we just need to ask, Lord, is there a bowl I'm putting over my head? Is there a boundary I'm putting on what you can do in me? Have you asked me to do something I've hesitated because it's scary or because I'm insecure and I don't think I might be able to do that or because it's uncomfortable. Lord Jesus, is that is that it, Lord? Is there a boundary that you want me to remove from you? something that we can do in our own strength. It has to be the Lord. We have to trust Him. And it might not be something that happens if it's fear, especially. It's not something that normally happens overnight that you just become this incredibly brave person. But it's through prayer. It's through finding that buddy and saying, hey, I'm struggling with this, but I I want to be free. Can you pray with me? that the freedom happens. So just ask the Lord, am I putting that basket on and where is that basket coming from? Why am I doing that? 
you've identified that, just say to the Lord, Lord, help me. What's the first step that I need to take in removing this basket? Do I need to talk to a friend? Lord Jesus, we don't want to limit you. We know you can do anything. We know you are all-powerful, almighty, infinite, Lord Jesus. You, we know you're able to do anything. The impossible is yours. Just like the songs we sing this morning, giants will fall, mountains will move, chains will be broken. That's you, Lord Jesus. That's you. That's who you are. We ask for you to have that unlimited authority in us and to shine out of us. In Jesus' name.